are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. I am your host, Colin Austin, and my co-host is the one, the only, the fabulous, the miraculous, Michael Dees. I love the adjectives you give me every day. It's like the I suspense like of my day. Genesis, let's make note. We need to add more adjectives to the sheet here so I can uh, definitely make sure that it just continues on. I, I mean, I can It needs to be that Game of Thrones-like for like Daenerys. You know, I just need- God to, of scooters. Yeah. <laughs> like just, just ongoing. What's up, man? How are you? I'm well, man. How are you? I'm not, I'm great. I'm not going to miss this today mentioned the Alexa skill right podcast. she highlighted it in blue this time so maybe maybe that was the reason so you guys well, I want to make sure that everybody knows that we have an Alexa skill for this podcast it's a great way when you're brushing your teeth you can say hey Alexa I don't want to say her name too loud because we have one in the office um, but you can say play play my flash briefing and she'll say from the WHOA GNV podcast and she'll play a clip from a previous podcast that way you get your little uh, two-minute spiel while you're brushing your teeth it's pretty rad. The end. What's going on with you, man? Anything? So you know, like the April showers bring May flowers. I think we're getting it all in June this year. Like it has been. Yeah, this episode goes out. I know. In July, well, but yeah. yeah. So we, we do this. <laughs> we do this every. Year. So it's like I get these notes that say uh, record date June 11th, July 15th, and it's never. You know, how do you how do you do that? But, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. So we talk so about June. We July. talk about June, and they'll they'll be like, oh yeah, it did rain that week. But yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's storming like all week, and. And from our perspective, it's like, I don't know, people think that because we're in Florida and we run a scooter dealership, that it's like, oh, it's season, season round weather. Mm-hmm. No, we like when the weather dips below 50 degrees, no one wants to ride. And when it's rainy, no one wants to ride. Yeah, so it's like super, yeah. super slow. Yeah, so it's like, it's catch up time in the dealership. Find, find, find things to do, find things to clean, find things to work on. And that's what we're doing. But. Yeah. And I mean, by the time this episode goes out, you guys are gonna be getting ready yeah. for August. Yeah, I'll be remembering fondly the, the quiet times when this episode comes out. Because <laughs> end of July, be go time. I mean, I, if I recall, like end of July, the last few years, it's been pretty busy. And then once we hit August, it's like- Exactly, so yeah, once we hit the halfway point, all the sales start to pick up. Um, right at the halfway point is when we're receiving all the inventory for back to school. So it definitely starts to get really hectic that time of year. Um, Cool. But I've been through it. Well, you know what? What's that? We're still continuing our couples episodes for the entire month of July. That's fantastic. (laughs) Who who do we have today, Colin? (laughs) That's good, that's good. Good little play. Well, I want to introduce to you our guests, Matt and Joanna Dickhouse, the owners and founders of Chef on Me, Gainesville's local meal kit company since 2014 that helps people save time and reduce stress in their lives by delivering everything they need to cook simple, delicious meals at home in about 30 minutes. And damn it, is it delicious. (laughs) It is so good. So you guys, welcome to the show. Thank Thank you so much for joining us this morning. You guys, have, here, man. you guys have, I mean, they, they were squeezing us in between all of their world travels. I don't know if you yeah. know this. <laughs> no, you guys just got back from Scotland, you said, right? I did, did yep. you go anywhere else or is it just Scotland? We were in France as well. Okay. Um, yeah, we spent about, what, a week there? And yeah, tried to check out some of the gastronomic scene. Uh, there's a little place called Lyon, France, which mm-hmm. is the home of Paul Bocuse, the founder of French cuisine. And uh, also there's, um, 
you know, a street there with 15 Michelin star restaurants on one street. So a high, high concentration of just really, really good food. You, so you guys are foodies? We, I mean, definitely. given the fact, I mean, yeah. I would assume so, but I didn't want to yes. make that assumption. That was one of the main reasons we chose to go to Lyon. We were like, eh, where yeah. should we go in France? Lyon, mm, they have this huge food scene there, so. Yeah, that was definitely so a little uh, research and development on our uh, travels. That's yes. cool. Yeah, Mike's a big foodie. I am. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I love to travel with this guy because I know if that if we're traveling, we're definitely going to some of the best places, or we're going to seek out the best places. When we went to uh, when Vespa paid for us to go to Italy, mm-hmm. paid for us, they paid for our trip to Italy. Um, we man, we so, sought out these like hole in the wall. Like mom and pop, those are the best. Right. Oh I don't want to go where the tourists go. I want to go exactly. where the locals go. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it, hard. It's right. hard to find them. It was awesome though. It yeah. was so good. That's on my bucket list. Italy. Yeah. Oh, it was mm-hmm. a dream. We were we were in yes. Florence, mm-hmm. and oh. then what was where's the factory at again? Factory is in Pontedera, and then we made a day trip over to Pisa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you cool. gotta gotta get your shot with the uh, with the tower there. Right. Yeah. It was raining that day too. (laughs) (laughs) What's up with the rain? The rain rain follows us wherever we go. But that's cool. I'm glad you guys had a great time. What was the best meal that you ate? Um, The best meal? I think I had a sea bass. It was actually in Scotland. A sea bass with uh, chorizo and um, potatoes, green beans, and then a balsamic uh, pesto, like glazed Mm. over it. It was really good. Um, I don't know what yours was. Um... One memorable one was the very first dinner we had when we got to France. Um, It was a delicious risotto. Mm. It was so creamy, buttery. It would just melt in your mouth. Risotto is like one thing that's hard to cook. Like it's always just a little too hard. Labor of love. A little more moisture. But um, it was amazing. It was so flavorful and it had um, like a salmon filet on the side with some um, herbs. It was was great. It was amazing. Do you guys like to drink too, like wine? And yeah, yeah. yeah we we're actually on a cleanse now because of our trip. Yeah, uh, too much wine. <laughs> too <laughs> but much. we we fell in love with Beaujolais, which yes. is mm-hmm. a French wine, very good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we did a food tour while we were in Lyon. Uh, they took us around, you know, like eight different places, um, and one of the one of them was served at the Beaujolais, and it was yeah, it was insane. Yeah, really, really smooth, good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and cheap there because it's local. So there was there was yeah. one night. There's one restaurant that we all went to, and I know the girls. They were, they were cutting up with the the waitress and the staff there. We were like the last ones in this place, and they just kept bringing us. Um, I mean, it would, they were bringing us liquor. Mm-hmm. But what, what's the liquor? Uh, that the, the, the limoncello. Oh <laughs> my! I think they were literally just giving it to us at that point because they yeah. were just having a joy watching <laughs> us. I've been a lot of kinds of drunk in drunk. my life. I don't think I've ever been limoncello drunk <laughs> until that night. <laughs> they just kept bringing it. No, have more, have more. Uh, <laughs> okay, Mm-mm. if you say so. But uh, but see, I was never really. Uh, a wine person until until that trip, until right? Until that trip, yeah. I never really enjoyed it, and then and then everybody else was drinking. I'm like, all right, fine, and and really really enjoyed it, and and now have I just I love wine now. So you have to go over uh, next door to Greg and Brens. I think he can teach you a few things. Yeah, we were there for the wine <laughs> tasting. He yeah, seemed like he was uh, <laughs> quite well versed in. Yeah, well, the whole thing with Greg and wine tasting is that um, he pours a taste glass like that. <laughs> yes, I remember. He's not like, spitting it out, is he? Uh, I was like, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, well, I was, certainly wasn't gonna waste it. I was like, I'm not gonna spit this out or pour it into like a communal 
pitcher and let it go to waste or like no I just I just drank all the classes but um, yeah that was I definitely had too much <laughs> that, that way they all taste night. good yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. but anyway I could talk forever about food and wine but I want to dive into y'all story a little bit and hear about how Chef Ami came to be and the entrepreneurs that you guys are. And then, of course, like one, some of the stuff that we're focusing on a little bit this month are kind of the, you know, the, the pluses and, and minuses of working with your spouse and what that kind of, <laughs> kind yeah. of looks like. So I'd love to dive into some of that. But uh, why don't one of you guys t- uh, give us a little bit of the story and how you guys decided to start Chef on Me? You wanna start, baby? Um, sure. Um, <laughs> So I would say it all started when we lived, we actually lived in Berlin, Germany for a year. Um, So it started. Just because or? We had jobs there. Um, He had gotten a job first with a travel agency there. And a couple weeks later, I got a job at that same place. At the time we were living in South America, Colombia, which is where all my family is from. Um, and we were there, and so we got offered these jobs, and we said, should we go live in Berlin, Germany for a year? So it was pretty cool, it was exciting. We moved there, um, and we were working, you know, full-time jobs. Uh, Living abroad, living in Berlin, it just, it opened us up to all of these new types of cuisine, ingredients, um, all these different flavors that we had never, tried before i mean yeah, it was to me yeah me either i mean here in the states you can go to my, my experience with italian food was you know olive garden mm-hmm. uh <laughs> so going over there you you walk down the street and the, the italian restaurant there's people from italy who are speaking only italian you know you go to the french restaurant it's the same there's indian mm-hmm. there's thai and it's all people from those countries serving up really authentic stuff and at a good price and so that was yeah my first experience really having all these different foods and I think yours too. Yes. And so it really got us excited about, you know, just Food never knew this general, was out there. Mm-hmm. All these different, yeah, and things then, to uh, try. And then it was like, well, how do we do this at our house? You know, we want to cook this stuff. We want to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time we went to the German uh, grocery store and we just, we didn't know if we were buying turkey or chicken or <laughs> it was fish. Terrible. I mean, it was, it was you couldn't read anything. There. We're sitting there trying to like Google translate it, but, um, <laughs> yeah, we just completely lost. We so that would was spend an hour there just trying to get two or three ingredients. Like, yeah, where is everything? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and then I mean, we kind of figured it out, but all but trying to recreate these dishes, it was just so time consuming. It's like, oh, I want to make this, uh, you know, tikka masala, or I want to make pad thai, and you just, you know, you have to buy all these things. Um, they're expensive. You got to buy a lot of them, and it's just time consuming. Mm-hmm. And. So yeah, we were kind of done living abroad. I was, I'd been abroad for over three years. I was ready to come back to the States and wanted to start a business. Um, we were talking about starting a business, but what would, you know, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of just brainstorming. So real quick, real quick, yeah. what, what years were these? Uh, so it was 2013, I guess, that we were in Berlin. It okay. was like 2012, like 12, 13. To 2013, like half, yeah. Yeah. And when did you guys 12. get married? In. <laughs> 2000. Test. Testing. In, Testing. One, two, three. 2013. Mic check. We got married in 2013. Okay. July. <laughs> right? Yeah. July. Yeah. Okay. So it was a year leading up to that. Okay. Um, yeah. That we lived in Berlin. 
All right, cool. Sorry, you were saying. So we launched. So we launched <laughs> Chef on Me in 2014, about uh, like February. So about a year after we. Got I mean, so it was really less. inspired by that. Just it, like. I mean, a lot of it was. Yeah. I mean, we. I've. I've always kind of been an entrepreneur. My my father was, and I grew up, you know, working since I was twelve. You know, making uh, we had we had bees growing up, uh, honeybees, mm-hmm. and we'd get their wax and like make candles and sell them, or you know, pour their honey, and I'd take it down the street in a wagon and sell it. Uh, I had a valet business in college, and that was the first time I really realized what it meant to have a business where you have, uh, you know, you're making money when you're not there. Uh, I went to Europe back in college for like a month and I came home and I had $3,000 waiting for me. I was like, wow, you know, this is, this is pretty cool. Um, and so that's, I'd always wanted to do my own thing. And her father owns his own business as well in Columbia. So it's, uh, it's something we wanted to do. And it just seemed like a, a problem that needed to be solved. You know, we would go to work and we'd come home and we'd either eat out or we'd get takeout. Um, or we'd cook like, you know, tacos or spaghetti or mac and cheese, like the same easy things because we knew how to do it and it was simple and it didn't take that much time. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't, there was like this disconnect between what we wanted to be eating, which was healthier, more gourmet food. And then like the money issue of, of buying that stuff out, mm-hmm. the health issue of the fact that restaurant food isn't healthy because of all the stuff they put in it. And then the time issue of, if we want to do it ourselves, right. it's a big investment of time, and you know, so it just seemed like a problem that needed to be solved, and nobody was doing it here yet. So, so, but why, why this this area? Like, why Gainesville? So I was born here. I'm okay. An ACR, uh, born and raised, and so we had a lot of, you know, family support. Um, my parents are here, grandparents, my brothers, and. I guess Gainesville seemed like a good a good market just because a lot of people here are kind of more open to um, the local movement. So we we really wanted to to there was a business similar to similar to this going on over in Europe at the time, and they were just shipping nationwide with uh, well, I guess internationally over there. I don't know a lot of different countries um, from a major warehouse, and we thought you know it'd be cool to do this on a more local sustainable scale. Um, one of the things we love about Gainesville is that people do f- really love supporting local businesses. Um, and there's a pretty good number of farmers here. Um, so there's there's a lot of opportunity to get our food from the area, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so it seemed like a good fit. You know, a smaller market, it's cheaper to get started. Word spreads faster. Because, you know, you obviously know as an entrepreneur, the business community here is pretty tight knit. Um, it's really easy to get to know a lot of people and and get get a buzz going. Uh, so yeah, just a, a number of things. That's what I love about this place. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can literally reach out to just about anybody, and they'll take the time to sit right. down with you, talk with you. Yeah, that's what I absolutely love about. Yeah, Gainesville. it's pretty cool. So I mean, now it's 2019. I mean, are things going as expected? Better, worse. I mean, like, where would you guys say, based on if you would have said in 2014, hey, in 2019, 2020, this is where we'll be? Like, yeah. are you there or are you? Um, I'm. I don't think we had a real clear picture of where we were. Okay. <laughs> what our what our goals were? I mean, we were just kind of like, let's see what happens with this. Um, 
you know, as we move forward and we get some data, now there's more forecasting and projections right. um, based on what's happened in the past. Um, I'd say we're probably where we're at. We just expanded. We opened a location over in Tampa. Um, you know, for a while we were considering uh, shipping because we could easily, you know, do one-use packaging, uh, ship it, you know, all over the state or to multiple states. But that just really goes against our philosophy of trying to reduce the negative impacts of, you know, meal kits and uh, staying local. Staying local, mm -hmm. you know. So we didn't we didn't want to do that because right now we reuse all of our packaging. So when people get their box, they set it back out, we clean it out, we reuse it. Um, if we shipped it, it would just all be thrown away or recycled. I mean, it could be recycled some of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were we were hoping to have. Uh, you know, expanded by, I would say within five years, I wanted to open a second location or expand in some way. So what made you guys choose Tampa? We, uh, <laughs> we really like Tampa. Um, I've always loved, you know, since college, I've, I've had friends that lived over there and we really liked it. Um, there's a big young, uh, young professional scene over there, uh, high concentration of wealth. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, our, our, uh, our demographic is, it's not a cheap product. It's not, uh, a lot of people do say it saves them money because they're not buying frivolous items at the store. They go in and get, you know, the milk and the bread and the bananas, the things they need, and they're not spending an hour in there and buying other things that they don't necessarily need Impulses. or should be eating. Impulse right. items, exactly. So it keeps them from doing that. You know, that's um, actually a really good point. Yeah that I don't think I would have thought of until you just said that because one of the things that I even noticed, I mean, Shannon, just recently we had, she went to the grocery store and we had like raspberries and like half of, and half of them went bad because we didn't eat them fast enough. Right, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So I, wait, so I had that problem too, but right. anytime I walk into a grocery store, we end up buying the buy one, get one free Oreo uh, <laughs> cookies or <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. So yeah. that alone would save us some money too. Yeah, that but. and just throwing all the stuff away, like you said, you know, you, you gotta buy a big quantity or yeah. all, the, all the fresh herbs, all the fresh produce, that stuff goes bad pretty quick. Uh, that's a good right. point. That's um, one of the things like our customers actually say, why do you like Chef Ami? Well, we really like that there's no food waste, you know, you get exactly what you need um, to cook your meal. You'll get one tablespoon of this or just five or 10 sprigs of that and you know, one cup of rice. So. It's great, and then there's the portion control part of it. So because it is the exact amount that you need, when you cook it, you, I mean, all you eat is what you have right there. So right. you don't, you can't really go back for seconds. Mm -hmm. Right, know? so I don't, did we explain that? I don't know if we really explained that, but you guys, in the meal prep process, you're preparing exactly what is necessary to make the meals for that week, right? right. And then you deliver based on, you have, uh, really based on, whether it's for two people or for a family yep. of four on average, right? Yeah, two, four, or six people. Okay, two, four, or six people. Yeah. Um, but you literally, you guys, they literally divide everything out into little containers and everything is, you have exactly what you need. Right, it's perfect. <laughs> so like, it can't get any easier. All you have to do is like, it's cook it. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, it keeps it keeps you from having to look in your pantry to try to find everything. I mean, that's one of my biggest pet peeves about grocery shopping. You go and you find everything in the store, you bring it home, you put it all away, and then you gotta go find it again when you're ready to cook. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you gotta measure it out and dirty things. You know, if it's already right. portioned out, it's all in the bag, you just dump it out, um, and then 
yeah, there's no cleanup when it's right. already you know, you're just done. All right, so you were, before I interrupted and yeah. went on my little speed, <laughs> you were talking about Tampa and so the young young professional environment, um, you were talking about, your, it's not the, the cheapest service on the market. Right, like college students don't really use it. You know, right. Gainesville has a lot of college students and right. a lot of businesses in Gainesville are focused on that market. Right. And they're very seasonal due to that fact. Um, a very small percentage of our customers are college students, mostly grad students. Um, and so there's only so many people in Gainesville that really fit our demographic. And you know, Orlando, I lived in Orlando, I went to UCF. Um, I lived there for seven years, six years. Don't really wanna go back. Um, so not really interested in that market. Um, it would be, you know, could be interesting. But Tampa, you know, it has, the whole Tampa Bay area is just massive. It's growing right now. It has, um, you know, a lot a lot of things going on. And then the St. P area is kind of like Gainesville in the sense that it has a really strong focus on local um, businesses. It has a tight-knit business community, but it's also the proximity to Tampa gives it a lot of opportunity for, for growth. So there's just a lot more people there. And, and it's, uh, yeah. How long have you had it in Tampa? We've been over there for one year now. Okay. Yeah. Now, can you tell me a little bit about the logistical side of that? Are you guys doing all the food and prep and stuff here in Gainesville and taking it there? Or you guys actually have two different food We have two different, two different warehouses now. Okay. So in the beginning, when we first branched out, we were just shipping it over there to kind of build our customer base. Then we built out a warehouse and we have a whole other team. Um, and we, we use other, other different suppliers over there as well. You know, with our whole focus is, our, our goal is to have you know, as much produce as possible being grown in the region. Mm -hmm. um, and if not, you know, you know, a lot of people, local means a lot of different things. Um, it could be Florida, it could be Alachua County. We would like to keep it hyper-local and be, you know, in Alachua County. <coughs> Over in Tampa, it's a little more difficult um, because there aren't a whole lot of urban farmers in there. <laughs> um, but Plant City is really close. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of agriculture um, in the area, so we're trying to make connections with farmers over there to, to get stuff. Um, but yeah, just by able to by by separating operations, we're able to maintain the control. Uh, when you get too big, you know things slip through the cracks, and mm -hmm. so that's one of the reasons we wanted to have a second location instead of just one massive, uh, you know, order fulfillment center. That it keeps a local presence, uses local vendors, hires local people. And, and keep that quality up to par, so. Cool, man. So what are y'all's roles in the organization? Um, very different roles, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, from the experience through doing these couples episodes, I feel like it's a good, yeah. is a good thing. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> like, what I was like, gonna say. I was yeah. gonna say, it seems like that's pretty common. It's like, oh, that's completely different. Yeah, so um, I, I would say more like behind the scenes. Um, I do all of the bookkeeping, payroll, deal with like all the employee stuff, um, new hires and. Do you, do you have a title or do you just? Uh, no. It varies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we sometimes will say like vice president or um, also director of everything delicious. That's like our fun title, <laughs> okay. my like fun title. Um, and then uh, one of my favorite parts of my job is the cooking part. I really enjoy it. So um, also the research and development um, role. So I will, you know, just um, research new recipes, 
see what interests us, what we can, what new recipes we can get out there for our customers. So that involves from, um, it'll be researching it, then going to the grocery store, getting all the ingredients to cook it at home, then cooking it at home, see if it's, you know, chef on me worthy. I'll cook it a few times, three, four times maybe, just to get it, you know, perfected, no mistakes. Um, and then we will we will eat it, which is the best part. Um, we also, so he'll like take the pictures once it's cooked, he'll take the pictures. So he's an excellent food photographer also, by the way. <laughs> but um, he'll take the pictures of our meals and yeah. So that's one of, that's, I would say, one of my main roles is uh, the food part of it. <laughs> Which is probably the most important part. Yeah. <laughs> Although he is pretty involved in it too. He, he, he does meals also, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll cook them together. Sometimes I'll pick one and he'll cook it himself and say, okay, this is great, this will work out, so cool. yeah. So what is that research like? Like, where, where do you start when you're like, is it, is it inspiration, is it an ingredient, is it a region? Like, what, what do you start with the research? We, we try to kind of, so we look at what we have already in our database. You know, we show, we have this many of this type of meal. Mm-hmm. We have the, and so we need something that doesn't have rice or we need another fish dish or right. uh, we haven't done anything in a while like from the South, you know, or we haven't done anything in a while from like, you know, Asian. Mm-hmm. We need an Italian dish or. And so kind of look at like where the gaps are or also kind of what's trending. If, you know, like everybody loves avocados right now. Right. Uh, you know, so kind of try to include um, things like that, and then we'll get inspiration, such as our trip that we just took. Um, you know, I'm taking pictures of menus, and I'm ordering, you know, two or three things, even though maybe I don't want to eat that right now. I want to try it and see what they're doing with it, and I'll take pictures of it. Um, right. We watch cooking shows, we get cooking magazines, we spend time on blogs, um, and just kind of try to get inspiration from different areas, and then kind of put those together, pull parts from here, from there, and then impart our own, you know. Put your own twist on it. Twist yeah, on so it, sure. make it our own for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, we had the salmon meal that he actually mentioned at the beginning. We want to try to like recreate, that was like one of, you know, the meals that we could see mm-hmm. doing, like yeah. for Chef Ami, like, okay, we need to try and make something similar to this, and it was really good. Do you do any catering to like the dietary restriction area, the the vegans, the vegetarians, the gluten free, the pescatarians, anything? We we in the beginning, you know, my whole philosophy was keep it simple. Uh, You know, through through not having all those options, it's easier to maintain quality. Uh, You kind of filter out the people who are going to take up all your time, (laughs) Um, and then all the boxes are the same. You know, so. When we pack them, they can all just be unmarked boxes. Everything's the same. That way, nobody's getting the wrong box. Nobody's getting the the wrong ingredients. Um, and the recipes are made for a specific oh, ingredients. And so if you take those out or you change them, then it changes the, the product mm-hmm. at the end product. And it's not what we had envisioned for you to be eating. Um, but through time, we've adapted to allowing people to switch out their proteins. So for example, we'll have chicken breast, um, and then you can choose if you want pork tenderloin, or if you want mahi, or if you want steak. Um, so you can switch out your, your protein. So people who don't eat chicken or don't eat, because there's a lot of people who don't eat pork, they mm-hmm. have shellfish allergies, they have 
So we let them switch all that stuff out. All the other ingredients, they stay the same, um, but everything's individually packaged. So we have gluten intolerant people who they set aside the pasta, they have their own pasta. Um, we have you know pescatarians, they just get fish. And we are looking at doing a vegetarian option um, just with like meat alternatives. Uh, and then possibly we'll be doing a vegetarian menu at some point. But since neither of us are vegetarians, it's kind of hard to be passionate about those meals mm-hmm. and, and create those meals without really, uh, yeah, being excited about it ourselves. Right. So, sure. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. That's interesting. I, so I was vegetarian for seven years, and I just recently in December started eating fish again. Okay. Um, so I, I would fit in the pescatarian thing, but yep. uh, but that was interesting because whenever I use some of the the more like national brands and stuff like that some of them were some of them did cater to them but i thought the results were really bland right you could you could almost tell that there was that lack of inspiration there yeah um some of them maybe not so much uh i think it's interesting in gainesville because i feel like there are a lot of people with those kind of alternative diets and stuff out there There um so from a from a clientele standpoint it you know I've asked people, you know, especially knowing um, knowing about you guys, you know, hey, have you ever heard of this and everything like that? And people, you know, said, well, right. there's not that many uh, vegan options, right, or anything like that. Right. So right. it is interesting, but like from a from a logistical standpoint, I can definitely understand. I mean, at, at New Scooters, like we focused this year on streamlining everything. Everything was trying to make it as most as most efficient as possible. Right. So the the ease of having everything streamlined from a packaging standpoint, making sure there's no mistakes and all that kind of stuff, I can definitely understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's, it's fascinating. I kind of want to turn this in a little bit towards the husband-wife aspect of, <laughs> of business. Uh, this is something that I find fascinating because you both know my wife. She would not work with me. <laughs> she knows she, know, she knows this, and uh, I know this. And as many conversations as we've had, the answer is no way. Um, so, like, what are like what's what's so great about working with your spouse? And then, and then <laughs> maybe not so great. Uh, and then maybe <laughs> then maybe we can get into like what's not so great about working with your spouse. Uh, well, I'll, I can say one thing that's great um, is that we're both, we share the same passion and the same love for like what we do for cooking for um, and the, like our mission in the company. So that is one great thing. So we're always on the same page, you know, um, and then we make it, it works because we have different roles, you know, we don't really um, work together I am working on my thing and he is working on his thing and then of course there's a lot of communication um we both work at the same office so we just need to talk to each other if if there's anything that needs to be talked about do you get tired of seeing each other <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so no, no. we uh no. we get along really well we don't really we do. fight we don't uh, we're both pretty easygoing so it works out really well you know she has her role I have mine uh, I try not to like oversee her and be her boss, and she does the same for me. Right. Um, and we're both pretty pragmatic, so if there is an issue, we just kind of talk it out. Uh, Have you ever had a fight at work? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. How did that go? Maybe down? one or two. Maybe one or two. <laughs> okay. I mean, not a huge fight, but you know. It was just like, oh, I asked you to do this. Why didn't you do it? Yeah. So that's how we learned not to like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then, oh, I sent you this email you didn't get it back to me or something like that, you know, but um, yeah, but nothing, no like major disagreements about right. anything or, yeah. yeah. 
but I don't think we don't really get tired of seeing each other. Um, That's good. Yeah, yeah no. no. Yeah, and we spend, you know, we work at home 90% of the time. Uh, so Yeah, so when you get home, can you, yeah, I mean, there's no separation between, we I have mean, a because you guys, office. okay, so you have a home office. We have a home office. So we office. kind of close the door on that. Uh, Usually with spends, me inside. Yeah. <laughs> he spends some time on his own in there, too. Like, I spend a lot of time outside of the office, too. Like, with the meal research and the cooking, I'll spend okay. time, like, in the kitchen. Um, and then we have a daughter, so, like, when I have to go get her from school, then I'm a mom, you know, and he's still working in the office. So we do have some se- separate moments. Yeah. Yeah. So it works out. <laughs> Any, like, major challenges, though? Uh, as far as working as a couple, yeah, or anything like I'm trying to like provide value to the other husband wives, yeah, couples that are out running companies together, right? You know, I mean, you said communication. Obviously, communication is super key. Yeah. I think it's key in any yeah. any yeah. business relationship, really, yeah. whether it's your wife or not. I mean, or not. sometimes, well, like he'll make a decision on something without like running it by me. Not that he has to necessarily do it every single time, but if it's like something big, you know, and then I'll be like, why did you do that? <laughs> um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you, you live, you learn, right? Like, okay, yeah, we should have talked about this first, yeah. you know, and then you do it next time. Yeah. Um, That's great, because, you know, out of all the couple, we've had lots of couples on, mm-hmm. and they all genuinely enjoy working with each other. Oh, that's it's, great! Yeah, it's really great. That's it's really good. cool. It's really cool to see. Yeah. I like trying to use it to convince Shannon to work <laughs> with me more, but <laughs> but I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, yeah I think you'd have but, but to. I, I think you just have to. Otherwise, it wouldn't be happy. You know, it wouldn't be our reality if if we didn't work well together and it wasn't pleasant. I don't think we would be doing this. You know, one of us would go find a job right. doing something else yeah. elsewhere. And I've so, definitely I've definitely seen some commonalities. I'd say that they all genuinely like working with each other, but they definitely have defined roles, mm-hmm. and even sometimes those roles lead them to the point where they're not even like really, you know, communicating with each other a lot during mm-hmm. the day. I mean, they're still on the same team, still play right. very important right. roles, but they're separated throughout a lot of the days. One of the common things that I see. You have a visionary and an operations person, right. or yeah, something yeah, like very, that. Very, mm-hmm. very much yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So, it's it's interesting. I think one of the biggest benefits is just being able to talk about things and be on, you know, have somebody else. Because one of the challenges of running a business is you're kind of in it by yourself, especially in a small business. You don't have a lot of, uh, you know, you don't have an organization behind you necessarily to run through ideas or uh, make decisions. So, as a husband and wife, you know, we're already used to, to running our family. And so that's kind of translates into business too. You, you can talk about things, make decisions together, and get somebody else's perspective. Um, and then, yeah, you know, it's very beneficial. I think is personal personal finance and just life in general. You know, running a business is a lot, or running a family and running a household is a lot like running a business because you know you have to budget, you have to allocate your time, your resources, your um, you, know, you got people working for you, whether it's a house cleaner or a lawnmower or whatever. And so having her, her understand what we're, what I'm going through running the business and what we're doing together, kind of on the same page, mm-hmm. you know, and she sympathizes when she knows when things are hectic, she knows what I'm doing with my time. Whereas if I was, you know, working in a company and she was at home, there'd be the disconnect of, 
while you're home, just spend time with me, this and that. And she wouldn't really understand, understand. why I'm in this state of mind. Mm. So I think that's a big, big plus to, yeah, it's huge. to being together. Yeah, for sure. What do you do to, to get away from the business? Like, like uh, sometimes it's consuming if that's all you ever talk about. You talk about work at work, you talk about work at home. Like, what do you yeah. do to get away from? They go to Scotland, bro. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that helps being able to travel. But. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we don't, we don't work too much on the weekends. Uh, we, we take the weekends off for the most part and we don't really talk about uh, work on the weekends. Um, we try not to. Yeah, we try not to. So I think we have a pretty good balance. Um, Especially since we're not in the in the in the beginning stages of the business, a lot of a lot of that was just like constant, you know, what are we doing? What's happening with this, this and that? But now that it's kind of running uh, more smoothly, it's it doesn't really consume our lives. It's mm-hmm. it's just a part of it. So, right. uh, but yeah, we try to allocate times that we're you know just having fun and not not thinking about it. So, yeah. How many team members do you guys have? Um, 15, 16. Including the drivers and everything, about 20. With the yeah. drivers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it mostly production and packaging, or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, have, pretty much everybody's part-time. Yeah, we have like 15 part-timers um, that do all of the packaging mm-hmm. for us and labeling. So if, if you have seen the little containers, um, they were labeled by our employees, and then they portion and then on um, Tuesdays, which is the day we do all of our deliveries, we have drivers that will come and pick up our boxes and then deliver them to people's homes. Cool. One of the things that you had said earlier, Matt, especially when you were a kid about, I mean, you didn't use the word passive income, but that you left one time you came back and you realized that there was $3,000 sitting there. I mean, have you been able to make this the type of business where you can do that? Um, how does it, because I, I, I always find that fascinating, right? Because I would actually say for the, uh, <laughs> I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years and 15 years, like here I am, I'm developing a new company. This guy's got the reins of new scooters for less, right? But it's taken me 15 years to get to the point where I'm not like holding those reins anymore. Right. And, and even then they're still, I mean, he, Mike does a fantastic job. I have nothing to worry about, but we still ha- have conversations, you know, about the organization, the direction. So I'm still involved, but I'm not like right. in the day to day operations. Like, I mean, are you at a point where you guys can like get off of it a little bit? Or I mean, what's what is what is that like? Not well, not entirely. No, not entirely. Not um, entirely. Yeah, I don't. I mean, like like we were, you know, in Europe for a while and I can just work, if I need to, I can just work like 10 hours a week at this point. But that's if I don't, I mean, there's things that should be done. Um, but getting to this point, getting to the point of not being hands-on and not having to be there, um, it really, a big part of it is uh, our manager that we have in charge. You know, He does a lot of work, I can trust him to make sure it's done right, to manage the people, to make decisions when I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it's letting go of that control um, mm-hmm. and and knowing that it's not gonna be done 100% the way you want it to be done, but as long as it can be done 75% of what you would like, I think that's a pretty pretty good, pretty good uh, level to be comfortable leaving it at. Um, when did you reach that level of... <laughs> Yeah, you know that's like because yeah. you're absolutely right. 
I mean, I people when people ask me for advice on it and stuff, I'm like, you just have to realize that it's not going to be done the way you right. would have done it, and you have to be a hundred percent okay with that. Right, right. And but you know, if you have a have a good, you, you build a good team, get, have good values, have everything laid out, then if you can get it to being done eighty percent of the way you would have done it, yeah, you right. know, seventy five percent, whatever, like it's. Right. That then you're in good shape, yeah, you know, and, yeah, I, and I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's um, it's and it was, I mean, it was a goal of mine from the onset. Uh, it's also one of the reasons I chose this, this this business model is because I could see the potential for it being something that would be. It's not super complicated. Um, I mean, it, there's a lot of details, um, but once you learn it, you know, everything's pretty straightforward. There's it's not a whole lot of. Um, like for example, the customer interaction, like for your business, a lot of it is being here and talking to you know sales probably and talking to customers and doing things like that and um, you know overseeing a lot of people on the ground. And for us, it's a lot of it's through the website. And so that's, you know, my goal was to have a business that I could run from my computer. Mm-hmm. And I've pretty much reached that goal. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that need to be done or that should be done but don't have to be done. So it affords me to be able to take time off when I want to and then kind of catch up um, um, later. But uh, do you have a hard time holding your general manager accountable? One of the one of the, the reason I ask is because one of the things that I and I would say Mike as well. I don't want to speak for you, but, yeah. but we've had multiple conversations of like is is accountability. Like I'm definitely one of these people that has a hard time holding people accountable, and I just want to right. you know just come to work, just do your job. Yeah. Everybody will be happy. We'll have a great time. I, I don't think we have that problem at all with no? our manager. No. All right, no. Cool. He's amazing. Yeah, he does a really good job. Um, yeah. He's just one of those people that's kind of self-motivated and just wants Very to get hard things working. done and, and wants to do things How right. often are you like with them, with your manager, like having conversations in terms of like, these are my expectations, these are... Okay. Maybe once every three months. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, just when there's like new, th- new things I'm asking him to do or things that haven't been done. I mean, occasionally, you know, he has things he's supposed to be doing and, and they don't get done occasionally. But for the most part, I mean, I only, I only see him maybe once every two weeks and we work together. Um, I talk to him every day on the phone. Yeah. Um, just little questions, seeing how things are going, this and that. But um, as far as like holding him accountable for things, he knows what's expected of him and he pretty much gets it done. That's so, great. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Yeah. And then obviously you gotta, be able to make enough money that you don't have to fill one of those roles in your company. You know, that's a big thing is if if you're not making enough money to to step aside, if you're if you're running operations yourself, you can't afford to pay somebody else, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars to run those operations for you. So Yeah. It's a big part of that's definitely a huge that and I, you know, I guess that really just comes down to what you want, you know, as your ultimate goals, right? Because I think you know, when we even looked at other dealerships across the nation, usually the owner is like the lead salesperson. He's the person mm-hmm. who locks up at the end of the day. He's yep. the, you know what I mean? And I was like, that's not that's not what I want for myself. I want to create the most impactful dealership and 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 be and have the flexibility to focus on new entrepreneurial ventures. If that was the direction that, that would end up, you know, coming coming to be, you know, right? right. Uh, and and so that's. It's definitely interesting because it takes it takes a lot to be like oh like I'm gonna invest a lot of money into this spot. I mean, because you could you could save it and just do it all yourself. Absolutely, just, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but but how much is your time worth and how much is your you know? And it's the same thing even on the on the media side. Like I I genuinely believe that I could make a hundred fifty two hundred thousand dollars myself 
just me mm-hmm. running a handful of accounts for businesses or individuals like here in Gainesville and it just be me. Like, and no team, like, do what I want when I want. Like, I, yeah. I believe that, but then I'm like, that's not what, that's not what I want. Not really As an entrepreneur, I want to have this huge impact on Gainesville right. and, and on the world, and I want to do all these things. So for me, it's like, I'm, I gotta build a team out around me to, right. help, to help me accomplish these things, and we gotta, we gotta go at scale. Uh, you want to so have an impact on them as well. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like my my primary purpose is to build people. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's yeah, I mean, it's, but it's just interesting, right? Because it, yeah, you have you these different paths you can constantly choose. Weighing it. Yeah. You're, you're constantly making those decisions. Like, what do I want? What's best for me? For what's my my true mission? And that's why it's so important to have your mission clear. Is because all your decisions you make as a corporation and company and everything needs to be in line with that. Mm-hmm. And once you understand that, it's really easy to make decisions. Um, yeah, but as far as you're saying, like building out community and, and and helping grow people, that's something really cool that's transpired in our business, kind of by chance. We employ uh, uh, retirees. Oh, that's cool. I think seventy five percent of our employees are retirees, and it's the highlight of their week <laughs> coming to work. Right. They love it. They will. They won't miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if you remember being back in college, maybe you worked at a restaurant or something, and you had, you know, you go there and you had a good social life there as well, and kind of joke around and go out for drinks afterwards. It's kind of like that for them after, you know. 30, 40 years working in in, in, a, in the corporate workplace where they have high stress, they have deadlines, they have bosses breathing down their necks. Now they come in, the music's going, uh, it's low stress, they don't have to think, I mean, they have to count to 10. That's pretty much, <laughs> they, we, we count everything out in batches of 10. So they gotta look at bell peppers and they gotta say, okay, are these 10 good bell peppers or 10 bad ones? <laughs> so it's it's pretty, you know, it's it's a fun environment. They love going to work. We have almost zero turnover. Um, and it means so much to them to have that mm-hmm. job and to feel. Uh, they're filled with purpose. Purpose, exactly. Right. I mean, they're filled with purpose. I like, I can't even, I can't even imagine retiring, period. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I have to feel like it's probably, you know, I don't, I don't know, obviously, but like, I can imagine that it probably feels a little bit lonely, you're not like not invested into anything anymore. You know what I mean? But when you're when you're contributing to something like an organization and to a purpose that's much greater than yourself, then then that feels good. Yeah. Um, so I I mean I could say that. I'm sure that they filled they feel filled feel filled with purpose. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And it's cool for us to be able to have created that. Yeah. I love going to work on Mondays because you get there, everyone's in a good mood, everyone's happy to see each other and it's just it's fun, you know? It's not you don't feel like you're going to work. It feels mm-hmm. fun to to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I went in there and visited you guys at one time, I guess, yeah, you did. I had the music going. Yeah. Everybody was in a good mood, like you got the fresh herbs alive. And the spices going. Yeah, yeah. So. It was cool. Yeah. So what would you guys say is the biggest challenge that you guys have had to date in your business? There's constant, I, th- I think there's constant challenges, especially in the beginning, yeah. we were kind of just creating everything from scratch, so we had no idea what we were doing. Uh, just had to figure a lot of things out. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges maybe is just the working with fresh ingredients, mm. uh, raw ingredients, perishable uh, ingredients is a challenge. There's been times where I have to drive to Ocala or to Tampa uh, on a Monday to go pick up, uh, you know, avocados or to go pick up onions because 
in Gainesville, there's only one produce distributor. And so if they don't have something, there's nowhere else to get it from. And so we have everything going out at 7.30 in the morning on, on Tuesday, Tuesday morning. And so we get things on Monday. And if it's not good on Monday, you know, where do you find three, 400 pounds of bell peppers? <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to find that. Um, and so that's an ongoing challenge, just the, the produce quality. And we're super picky about it. Yeah. I mean, our employees pick up every single piece and inspect every side of it before right. it goes out. And so uh, that's just an ongoing challenge of, of finding the right suppliers and getting them, getting it at the right time. And she, um, and it's just, it's, that's super difficult. That's, that's gotta be difficult because like, I know one of the features of the program is that there's no contract, right? You can, you can kind of postpone a week or, or whatever. Yeah. How, how soon do you, ahead of time, do you guys pick the recipes for the week? And then what happens if you find a situation where you can't fulfill them with an ingredient? <laughs> that has happened. That has happened, yeah. <laughs> or somebody like, can't, yeah, cancels it because they're like, oh, you know, I didn't want, like you don't have the ability to necessarily change because people pick that they want it that week based on what you've shown them. And the recipe card's already printed ahead of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll have to make substitutions sometimes. I'll, uh, I remember one time we, we, did, uh, we did something with peaches and peaches weren't in season yet and nobody had peaches, <laughs> nowhere. And so we had to use canned peaches and that's not what we're supposed to be sending out. Right. But we made the substitution. Uh, we just let people know uh, if you want to cancel, you know, we'll understand. Uh, we just sent an email out, but everybody's you know, pretty much fine with it. Um, we have to make substitutions on, on occasion, but we usually send out an email, let people know, like we're using this steak instead of this one. The cook time is gonna be different. Um, it doesn't happen very often. It doesn't. But it does happen, and that's just an ongoing, yeah, challenge. Just because the nature of, of perishable goods and the the global economy of uh, uh, commodities, you mm -hmm. know, it's always changing. It's always fluctuating uh, based on the weather. Weather, right? <laughs> so I'm glad I'm not a farmer. Those guys. <laughs> but he does seriously. like he does the recipe planning, and I think you plan them like a cup, two to three weeks About ahead. Three weeks ahead of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm and taking into account what's gonna be in season. and I've gotten better at it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and then we'll, I mean, calling up the farmers or produce um, suppliers and making sure that they're gonna have what we need. And they'll do plantings for us as well. Like, uh, we work a lot with Frog Song and I'll let him know, you know, I'm gonna be doing uh, corn recipes in a month and we're gonna need like this much and he'll be like, all right, I'll make sure we set aside this much for you or, you know, we'll, we'll increase our planting of arugula for you guys. Um, John over at Frog Song, they, they, John and Amy do a really good job of working with us. Cool. Um, and so that's, you know, that's the, the end goal is for us to have enough recipes that we have seasonal recipes every single week and with stuff that's being grown here from local farmers every single week. Um, in the summer months, there's not a whole lot just because it's too hot. But in the fall and the spring, there's abundant crops and there's just tons of food that we can get here locally, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. I know like... Um you guys, you also work with what, Bread of the Mighty, right? Mm -hmm. And um, St. Francis House and stuff like that. Talk a little bit about that too, because I think when I was reading the, the write-ups that we get before, before it airs, like that's, that's always one of the things, especially in this community, we talked about the importance of being local and everything that, that I think is, is awesome about, about what you do. So I want to give you a chance to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So my, uh, one of our goals in the beginning was, uh, my first experience really with poverty was when I moved to South America. Um, I moved down to Colombia and I just, I had never really seen people not having enough 
nothing to eat and no, no shelter. I mean, just extreme poverty. And it really struck a chord with me uh, that children, especially, I mean, America is a very rich nation. Like, poverty here is nothing compared to <laughs> down yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we wanted to do something to help the kids. And so we donate uh, a meal for every box we sell to helping feed hungry kids, hungry children here in Alatra County. And, you know, adults, they can find gov- uh, programs to help them. There's a lot of government aid programs. They can do a lot, but children really have no choice. And so our focus is to really to kind of help them. And then a lot of our produce that we don't use is perfectly fine. Um, it's like, a, I forget what they call it. Uh, it might just have like a little scratch on it or a peel or you know something that you would use at home that you but could we cut don't want to send to your customer you want to send like the perfect looking pepper right, you know right, right. but then we have like these cases left of peppers that have just one tiny little defect yeah. on them and St. Francis house has a big kitchen um, also if there's another one downtown I forget what it's called um, that we donate to but they have giant kitchens where they cook stuff for all the all the homeless people so we give them all these fresh herbs fresh, I mean usually they're getting canned goods they're getting old bread uh they're getting you know all this other stuff and so they're super stoked to get you know fresh produce that they can cook up stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah that's fantastic thank you for doing that yeah Yeah. that's awesome so what do you guys what's next you know here we are four years almost five years in right is it four years? We said 2014? Yeah. 2014, July. so five I years. Mean, five we're years. continuing to focus on growth here. Yeah. 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 And in Tampa. What I is, mean. So, what does growth look like to you guys? I mean, do you guys see it? Well, I mean, because you said Tampa. I mean, do yeah. we see another location? Is there a franchise model coming out of this at some point? Originally, there? originally there was a franchise model to be that was in the, we in had the plans. discussed it. Yeah. And still, it could be. Um, but right now, really just trying to focus on replicating the results we've had here over in Tampa. Yeah. Um, getting that off the ground. Uh, it's a lot different of a market. It's a lot more expensive. Um, has a lot more potential, but it's it's gonna take some work to get there. So that's really, a lot of our focus is on that. And then uh, just improving the customer experience. So seeing what people want. Like I've noticed a lot of people, um, they want faster recipes, you know, especially during the weeknight, they don't want to spend, you know, 40 minutes in the kitchen cooking. Mm-hmm. They want to spend 20 minutes. And unfortunately, it's difficult to build flavor mm-hmm. and <laughs> complexity. And that is also that one time. of our ob- like one of our biggest obstacles. issues and obstacles is trying to find an amazing delicious, you know, recipe that can only be cooked in Cuz people 20 want minutes, to people want to cook just like they want to go to the gym. Everybody wants to go to the gym and have this beach body. Right. Everybody wants to cook and eat healthy. Well, you don't always get what you want. A lot of times life gets in the way and you end yeah. up eating a cheeseburger instead. <laughs> um, um, and so, you know, our, our mission is to make cooking healthy, delicious meals easy. And so, you know, we have made it easier, but not easy enough for a lot of people. So, you know, we pre-dice all of our onions for people. We give them peeled garlic. Um, we try to make that faster. But uh, so one of my focuses right now uh, is really just to kind of improve those recipes, get um, shorter recipes that still have flavor, um, and then kind of pair those with the longer ones in the week. So 
people know when they have that busy night, they can go to this. They have one recipe a week or two recipes a week that they know is, uh, you know, go to, to for, for something a little quicker. Yeah. yeah. And the recipe cards tell you, like, this is our quick recipe. This is when that's going to take a little longer so people can plan on right. spending a little longer in, in the kitchen. That's cool. So who, do, who does that food processing? I'm just curious because like like do you get all you get all the garlic, you get all the onions, and you pre dice some of it. Like who who does that? We do all, we do it all. Okay. We do it all with like our you employees. Too. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. No. Well, we no we have um, our employees work on Thursdays, Fridays, and Mondays doing all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah, they we, we had to buy them goggles for the for the for onions the, for dicing the onions. <laughs> oh, what a job! Awesome, is it called a Robo Coop? I think yeah. it's like this big dicer and you put light some candles, onions in there. And, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> That's funny. But people really appreciate getting their onions diced. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's it yeah. makes such a big difference because you can take such a long time chopping an onion. Yeah, know? and saves them the tears. Right. <laughs> There you go, guys. Saving tears everywhere. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. You guys, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, where can our audience find you? Where can they connect with you online? That kind of stuff. So on our website, chefami.com. Um, we are also on Facebook at Chef Ami Meals, Instagram at Chef Ami Meals. And I think that's it. We have a Pinterest page, um, but not much going on there right now. So yeah. Cool. Good. It's it's really really awesome. I definitely uh, encourage all you guys to check it out. The rest, I mean, even the recipe cards. Are, did you take those photos? Yes, I did. <laughs> even the recipe cards are beautiful. <laughs> they are. I mean, it's it's very very well done. So very tasteful, um, which it should be because it's food and food is tasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, you guys, thank you so much for coming on our show, Mike. Anything else before we go? Oh, where's the next vacation? Where's the next inspiration going to yeah. come from? Oh, that's a good gosh. question. That's a I'm great not question. Sure. We're headed to Colombia in December. Well, yeah, that's an annual that's, trip. That's an annual trip because. That's where all my family is. Mm-hmm. So we try and go over there for once yeah. a year. Yeah. Try not to think about planning anything else right now. Just recuperate. <laughs> we were gone long <laughs> enough. <laughs> recuperate. That's great. Yeah, maybe Italy. We'll see. There you yeah, go. There you, there you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, Matt, Joanna, thank you so much for being here. Thank this you is the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. whoa. You guys give me a whoa. Whoa. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye. Gainesville, Fox today! Gainesville, Fox today!